Well, good morning. Welcome to Keystone. I'm so excited to be here. If you don't know who I am, my name is Ryan King. I work here at Keystone, specifically with youth ministry and young adult ministry. Brady's not here this weekend, so you have the immense pleasure of getting to hear me teach. So I'm very excited for this. It's going to be an awesome morning, so I'm so glad you guys are here with us today. Um, So where I want to start today is talking about the superhero of superheroes. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers far beyond mortal men. Superman, the most iconic superhero. If you disagree, we can fight about it out in the lobby, but let's be honest. When you think superhero, it's Superman. He's got the strength. He's got the speed. He freaking can fly around the world and make time stop. This guy has it all. And there's that one thing, his one thing that we we all know, like that makes Superman so iconic. It's that weakness, the thing that can render Superman from being a superhero, his one weakness That's right, it's Lois Lane, of course. It's a woman, of course it is. No, it's kryptonite. Kryptonite is the one thing that can keep Superman from being a superhero. Now today, I think think all of us are superheroes in our own right. Because to be a superhero, you don't have to shoot lasers out of your eyes. You don't have to have super strength. You don't have to be a god woman from the Amazon. You don't even need to have a mom named Martha. Instead... I think that a hero is someone who sees what everyone else sees, but is not content to do what everyone else does. A hero is someone who sees what everyone sees, but is not content to do what everyone else does. Think about it. Regular, regular people in irregular circumstances doing the extraordinary. You hear about stories of somebody jumping down into the subway to pull someone from the subway tracks. Or just this week, I heard this was amazing. This kid in California, he was getting beat up by bullies and, and eventually had to go to the ER because of it. And when like, his mom asked him, why, like, why didn't you fight back? He said, it is not the Jedi way to fight back. And I love that. It's regular people in irregular circumstances stepping up and beyond. And I think we all have that level of hero in us. And today we're going to dig into a story of someone who I think is a hero and who had the opportunity to step against his fears and experience something superhuman. So if you have a Bible today, we're going to be in Matthew 14, starting in verse 22. We'll have it up on the screen as well. But sometimes it's nice just to have like a little book, you know? These guys are nice. So we're going to jump in. Um, Matthew, if you guys didn't know, he is one of the 12 disciples. He was a tax collector, so he's well-educated. So he uh, wrote down this biography of Jesus' life, which is why we have Matthew 14 today. Because I believe, I tell all of my students this, I tell everybody this, to be a good Bible reader, a good Christian, and I think just a good person, context determines meaning. And not just context and what's happening in the Bible itself, but what's the history, what's the culture, what else is going in. So I'll give you some of the, like, the background work, and then we're going to jump in this story. This, I mean, I say this all the time, this is like one of my favorite stories of all time, which is why I'm teaching it today. I like all the stories, but this is definitely a top one. So uh, in 14, 
we're on the Sea of Galilee. So it looks a little bit like this. It's, uh, it's below sea level. It's got a mountain range. It's a beautiful place. I've never been there, um, but I've talked to people that have been there, and it is amazing. So it takes place on the Sea of Galilee right in the middle of Jesus's ministry. A few verses before, at the beginning of 14, uh, at the beginning of this chapter, it tells us that Jesus, Jesus's teaching, were becoming famous and renowned in all of the area. So Jesus, news of him was spreading, news of his healing, news of his teaching. He was making a big splash, pun intended. Now on this particular day that our story takes place in the early morning, someone comes to Jesus and his disciples and tells him that John the Baptist had died. Now, I think this is important kind of to get a little bit more of the emotion of the story that's going on. John the Baptist was very close to Jesus. So this news would have been very, very heavy for them. So Jesus tries to find some solitude to process this through, but people in the surrounding area come to him, and the Bible says Jesus had compassion on them. So he taught them, and one of his miracles takes place. He feeds 5,000 people. So it's a busy day in the life of Jesus. And, And he's doing all this stuff. He's loving on people, and it gets to the end of the day. The sun is setting, and it's been pretty exhausting, and we're gonna jump into verse 22 and 23. So 22 starts like this. Immediately, so after all of these things happened during the day, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And it goes on to say in 23, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. So here's a quick aside. I think this is super important to kind of like get into the feel of the story is I love, I love that Jesus goes by himself to pray. I think a lot of the time we see Jesus kind of as like this machine who's just like cranking out miracles and healings and teachings. But not only was Jesus 100% divine, but he was 100% human. He experienced the emotions and the pain and all the things of this world that we did. And I think in here, there's a, there's a little bit of, of, he's going up to pray and he's going up to process the death of someone who was so close to him. And I, and I just love this little, little bit we get because Jesus takes time. He doesn't just continue going. He takes time to pray and to process. And I just think that's amazing. I think we should spend more time also focusing on the struggles that Jesus had. He overcame all of them, but that doesn't mean he didn't struggle as well. So Jesus is on the mountainside. Mountain Jesus is one of my favorite Jesuses, but out on the Sea of Galilee, not All is right. Verse 24, it says this. But the boat was a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So the disciples are caught in the middle of a storm. And if you know anything about the Sea of Galilee, storms come in very, very quickly because of the way that that science works with air and wind and things like that. It's crazy. But this huge storm comes in and they're caught in the middle. There's waves, there's rain. They're fighting against it. And what's interesting is many of the disciples are seasoned fishermen, but still they were overwhelmed. And it's in this place that I think fear sets in. Just like the disciples, fear for us is rooted in not knowing the foreseeable outcome. 
It's a loss of control. It's why we work so hard for, for stability, why we work so hard for comfort, why we work so hard for ease and predictability, because those things eliminate fear, so then we don't have to deal with it. And fears even are sometimes brought upon us by, by past events, whether it was a parent's divorce, you've been hurt by, by friends when you were a kid, you watched Jurassic Park when you were far too young and thus had nightmares for the rest of your life. Um, speaking maybe not from experience, maybe from experience. Um, but, but sometimes we project past fears onto the present, so we try to eliminate them. Ultimately, fear comes when we lose control of our situations or our lives. And in this situation, the disciples had lost all control. But what I think happens next is straight out of comic book material. This is what follows. During the fourth watch of the night, which the fourth watch of the night, the night was divided back in the ancient times into four, four sections. So this is the last time because it is always darkest before the dawn. Telling you, it's comic book stuff. It's amazing. So right before the dawn, this is what happens next. Jesus went out to them walking on the water. And I love the reactions of the disciples. They were terrified. The Bible tells us that they screamed out that it was a ghost. So they're like, they're out of their minds terrified. And you might be sitting there like, come on, guys. I know you're tired. I know you've been fighting. Like, that's a little ridiculous. But I know for all of you, when you're in the basement and you turn the lights off and you have to go up the stairs, you run up the stairs. You know what I'm talking about. Because what if whatever is down there, we don't know what it is, grabs you and takes you away. We've all done that. So we know how the disciples feel right now. It's because they're, that, that fear just is taking over. And they've just got to, they don't know what to do. They have nowhere to turn. So they're like, man, freaking, we're stuck out here and there's a ghost. Like we're done for. So, and, and they've been fighting, think about it, all night. And then tight, like, Hours and hours and hours in the middle of the storm, fighting this storm. They're tired and they're at their wit's end. Of course, they thought it was a ghost. Because it's in the darkest moments, it's when we're feeling overwhelmed that fears accelerate. And I think what happens next is so beautiful and inspiring. I actually changed the color of it because I thought it was so cool. Verse 27. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, be not afraid. If you have a phone or like your notes, like this is like the part where you like double underline because it's super important. I love, this is one of my favorite passages. Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, be not afraid. Do you wanna know what the most frequent command in all of the Bible is? It's that one, be not afraid. More than any other thing, there's 613 laws and commandments, but this is the most frequent one. A lot of the time we see the divine talking to humanity and they're saying, be not afraid. Do not give in to fears. And I just love that. I love that so much. And I think today, that's what the divine is always telling us. Be not afraid. But it's easy to tell someone that, and it's a little bit harder to live that. So how do we do that? And I think it's in this part. I think it's in this middle part right here, because it is I. 
We have to remember who's telling us to be not afraid. It's Jesus. Jesus is telling us he's God made flesh. He is the one who drives out fear. He's the one who calms the storms. He is the one who conquered death. And it's that Jesus that's saying, be not afraid. And I love how he starts it too. I think it's something, if you're reading, you could go right past. He says, take courage. He's not saying be courageous. He's telling the disciples, take courage. Take it from me. I offer it to you freely if you will just take it. I just love it. I love that little, that little sentence. It's such an amazing encouragement. So the next issue of the comic book comes up. And our hero steps up to the plate while the waves are slapping the boat, while the rains are still coming, Peter the Rock Johnson steps up to the plate. Thank you, thank you. So in verse 28, it says this. Peter steps up to the edge of the boat. He says, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says, come. Peter has talked the talk. Now it's time to, for him to quite literally walk the walk. And I imagine he's up on the edge of that boat and the rains are falling and he sees the black chaos underneath him and and he has a chance to step out and do something he's never done before. And the eyes of the other 11 disciples are on him. Jesus is out there on the water and I think Peter's eyes are locked on Jesus as he steps out of that boat. And he puts that foot down. And 10 out of 10 times when, Jesus did, when Peter did this in his life before, he would have sunk. But his foot lands solid on the top of the water. And he starts to walk towards Jesus. Can you imagine the emotion and the elation? Like, that's mind-boggling. If you stepped, like, if you're at your pool with your kids, like, yesterday, and you, like, stepped over, and all of a sudden you're walking on water, like, Wow, like that's insane. That would be so crazy. I can only imagine the emotion Peter was feeling as he's looking at Jesus and walking towards him. But then something happens. Verse 30. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And he began to sink. He began to plunge back into the water. You see, when fear creeps back in, we start to lose our focus. We start to lose what caused us to walk out in the first place. Now, Peter had three options. I think his options were limited to three. The first one was for for him to like freaking just continue sinking down to the bottom of the sea, which is a bad option. The second one, if you're thinking of the, like the emotion of that moment, if you're going down, your first gut reaction is to turn back and swim to what was safe, swim back to the boat, swim back to those people, right? And then his third option was to turn his eyes back from the fear and look at Jesus. And that's exactly what he does. He cries out, Lord, save me. I love that. He cries out, Lord, save me. And he brings his focus back to Jesus, not on himself and his fear or how he could control the situation, but how Jesus could. And then Jesus has just an amazing response here. He says, Help yourself, Peter. Of course he doesn't say that. Come on, that's not Jesus. Thank you. Instead, Jesus does what Jesus always does, and he immediately reached out his hand, and he caught him, and he says, you of little faith, why did you doubt? 
And I love this. Again, if you're reading past this, if you're just reading quick, I think this sounds a little bit like scolding. Like Jesus is like, like there's this weird moment. You gotta imagine like, Jesus pulls them up and they're like standing on the water and he's like, you have little faith, why did you doubt? Like it sounds weird, but I imagine if you've ever, I know there's a lot of parents in here, if you've ever like watched like a little kid move from training wheels on their bike to riding a bike, right? Everybody has this, this idea. It's a little wobbly, it's a little rough, right? And I imagine when, when that little kid is riding the bike, right? Your, your kid, someone else's kid, you're just watching some neighbor, whatever. And you had like that parent just has that hand on the back of the seat, right? Steadying it and they let go. And the kid just starts going, they're weeble wobbling as they go down and they're biking and they're cruising. But all of a sudden they realize, mom and dad's not holding me. I'm on my own and fear sets in and they crash and burn and they hit the rubber and they're out for the count. And I imagine that parent coming over saying the same thing. And I think this is, this is kind of the feeling here. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? You were doing so well. Why did you give in to fear? You were doing it. You're walking the walk. You were biking. You were going. Why did you doubt? I think that's a little bit more of the feeling going on. Like Jesus must have been so proud of him. And I was like, man, you gotta just keep going. I think that's awesome. So what's our big idea here? Literally our big idea is this. So this is, we call it, I told this in my last teaching when I was on the big stage. This is the mom van statement. So when you go into the van with your mom and she asks you what you learned today, this is what you tell her. So then she knows that Ryan is good at his job. Don't let the fear of stepping out lead to missing out. Don't let the fear of stepping out lead to missing out. Think about Peter. He had the opportunity to experience what no one in history had experienced before, aside from Jesus, of course, but he experienced something superhuman because he did not let that fear of stepping out lead to missing out. And that's also where we get the title of our talk from. It's called Take the Plunge for a reason. It's not called Walk on Water. It's called Take the Plunge. Can you hit that slide just so we can read it? Because that's always a nice visual. Take the plunge. I love this. Because here's the, the reality. When you take that step out into the mystery, there's a chance that you're going to take a plunge as well. There's no guarantee that you are going to walk on the water. Maybe you'll take a couple steps, maybe you'll make it all the way. But there's a high likelihood that you might take the plunge and start to sink. I think a lot of the times we've taken the step and we've found ourselves in the deep waters. And when we've gotten over that circumstance, we've turned around and we said, we're never doing that again. So here's a quick story for you. When I was in Turkey, which was two weeks ago, if you guys didn't know, I was in Turkey, it was insane, it was crazy. So I was in Turkey and we were on the Aegean Sea, very similar to Sea of Galilee. We were on the Aegean Sea and we had just finished dinner. The sun had set, it was late at night. The night's black, the waters are black and something like, I just had to go. I was literally playing Pokemon Go. Like I was Pokemon going like around the hotel because I was like, what else am I gonna do? Which is cool, which is really cool still today. Um, but then there's this like pier that goes out into like the black of the water just beyond the lights of the hotels. 
So I pulled my phone away, and something, something's like, man, you got to go out there. Probably just boyish curiosity, but I, I walked out on this pier, and I get to the end of it, and I'm looking out at the black sea, the black night. There's a little bit of laughter in the distance. No one knows I'm out there. And this weird thought comes to my head, and it's jump and trust me. Now, that could have been some weird food I ate, but I believe it was the Holy Spirit working in me, which sounds weird. It's like spiritually weird and weird for somebody to tell you these stories, but this is truly what happened. This voice says, jump and trust me. And I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm debating it. I'm looking in the water, which is all black. I'm like, I don't know how deep that is. Freaking, I don't know if there's sharks here. There's probably sharks. Let's be real. And then I was like, this is the kind of thing, right? This is the kind of thing you hear on the news, American boy drowned in the Aegean Sea. Like, right? <laughs> like, that's going to be me. And all these thoughts are going. But I hear that voice again, jump and trust me. So I take off, like, I take off my shirt, take off my shoes, still have pants on because that's appropriate, and I jumped in, and I was terrified. Literally, these waves are crashing, and, like, there's, like, like the land is a waves away, and one of my biggest fears, didn't mention this, is open water. I'm a lifeguard, and I'm still scared of open water. So I jump in. There's salt in my nose. I'm, like, so I, like, scramble over to the ladder. I climb up the ladder. I'm, like, we're good. We're safe. We made it. And this other thought comes to my head. Jump but stay there. Because here's the thing. It's easy to jump in and then find control and security real quick. And I was like, man, I got to jump in again. And I was like, if I don't do it, the moment will be gone and I won't do it. So I jump in to this black water, still thinking there's sharks, and I just stay there for a moment. And the fear's still there. The waves are huge. Like I'm still sitting in this water. No one knows I'm there, but I'm just sitting there for a moment. Because sometimes when we step out, we have to be willing to stay there, even when there's fear and even when it's uncomfortable. So I have a couple of challenges for you guys. I love ending with things that you can apply to your life. A couple of challenges is what are you called to step out in this week? It can be big. It can be something small. I have a couple of examples. Um, but what are you being called to step out in in this week? Because I think there's something for every one of us. Because maybe, maybe it's someone that you know that you've been meaning to invite to church. You know they need to be here. You know that this would be a great place. Keystone would be an amazing community for them. And you just need to step out and have that that conversation, and give that invitation. Because here's the thing. I love this building. I love you guys. But this building was not built for us. This building was built for the people that are going to come here. There's going to be a lot of empty seats. And we want to see people fill those seats that need Jesus and need encouragement in their life. So who are you called to step out in and invite? Maybe you know you've needed to quit your job for a while. It's sucking the life out of you. It's a huge drag, and you just need, you need to quit. You need to find something new, and you need to make that commitment, and you need to make that step. Maybe it's something radical, and you need to put your two weeks in without knowing what that next job is. Again, that sounds super irresponsible in this day and age, but what if you were to step out and keep your eyes on Jesus and trust that he will provide for you, and you don't need to have it all figured out? Maybe there's a tough discussion you've been meaning to have with that significant other, that loved one, and you just, that conflict, you just don't want it. But what if that relationship is worth that conflict? It's worth stepping out in. Maybe you've been wanting to find a community, 
You've been wanting to find people that, that just know you. And you've been meaning to step into a big idea group, meaning to volunteer, but all these other reasons come up. It'll be uncomfortable. It'll be weird. I'm too busy. But you need to step out into that uncomfortable situation where you don't have control. Keystone's full of weird people. Trust me. I know. I'm one of them, right? But you need to step out and experience what God has in store for you. And here's the last one. Maybe you're here today. And this, this Jesus thing, this God thing, this Bible thing, all of it is just weird. Like, it just doesn't make sense. You have questions, you have doubts, you have concerns, but you just feel maybe today's the day I step out and I say, I'm going to follow this Jesus. I'm going to trust this Jesus. I'm going to make this faith thing part of my life, despite the fear, despite you needing to know everything, despite the questions. So I'm going to end my talk today where we started it with some good Superman. So here's a quote from Man of Steel. It says this. Sometimes you have to take a leap of faith first. The trust part comes later. When you truly step out, you won't be able to guarantee your safety. You won't be able to guarantee your, your comfort. You won't be able to guarantee the outcome of it. But if you're looking to build your relationship with God, because here's the thing, Christianity, if you're like faith is boring right now, Christianity is never boring when we're called to step out despite our fears. So we might not be able to control it all, but when we step out, we will build that trust with God because I firmly believe he will reach out that hand. If you take the plunge, he'll be there while you're walking those steps. And all the while, Jesus will be whispering, take courage, it is I. Be not afraid. If you guys are able, willing, please stand and we'll pray to end the morning. Dear God, thank you so much for this amazing place. Thank you for all of these awesome people who are here just to hear your word and hear encouragement from you. God, I never know where these talks are going to land with everybody as they're walking their own journeys and their own lives, but I just pray that we can take this challenge of of stepping out, stepping out and not missing out because you have a life prepared for us that is adventurous, that is exciting, and is not boring in any way. God, I pray for everyone here that they hear that encouragement coming from you to take courage because it is you and to be not afraid. Let us tackle this week, tackle those challenges, and find out where we need to step out, all the while keeping our eyes on you. Thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for all of these friends. Um, you're just a really good God, and we love you a lot. We pray by the name of Jesus Christ, and everybody said, amen. You guys have a fantastic rest of your Labor Day. Thank you so much.